With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, it's Taylor and Brendan from Blue and Gold Make Darlene. They tell you about the Hockey Podcast Network. Goddamn right we are. You know, there's an entire network. It's not just Blue and Gold Make Darlene. There's 31 podcasts, one for every NHL team. From terrible, horrible teams like the Boston Bruins to some of the best teams in the league like the Buffalo Sabres. Absolutely. And with that being said, if it's a terrible team or if it's a great team, no matter what, you are able to get two episodes a week from all of the hosts. New episodes come out every Monday and Thursday with new content covering everything from the latest that's going on with everyone's respective teams all the way through to doing more fun things like the many trivia games that Taylor and I have on our show. That's right. Hot content, hot takes, hot hosts. Hot hosts. You got it everywhere. Uh, and you you can find them pretty much anywhere you find your podcast. Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spotify. Stitcher, if you're one of those weirdos like me that uses Stitcher. You use even, Stitcher? I do. Strange. I think I'm the only one who does. Okay. And even at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com if you're looking for some more info. There's a whole website That's that you right. could go check and hey, out. Maybe it's getting to that point of the season where you're getting sick of the Sabres. I know some of us are. Yeah, you <laughs> you know, this again. West Coast uh, trip is about to be tough. Maybe you want to check in on some of your other favorite teams if you're one of those kind of guys. Absolutely. Well, they're all available and they're all easy to find. Gosh darn right. So be sure to check out the Hockey Podcast Network once again at their website at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And be sure to follow on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. everybody and welcome back to another episode of blue and gold make darlene as always i'm brendan and i'm the former mayor of a small town in indiana <laughs> sad to see you go but uh, I really it's, love it, to it's watch important you leave to remember uh that the dreams of our future are the hopes that we cannot lose sight of anyways whatever the hell that was (laughs) well uh yeah speaking of losing hope when you're talking about oh boy hope and you're talking about a hockey team that an entire city believes in it's not about where i come from we don't worry about the puck going into the net we worry about food being put on the table for our small town families i've never heard a jar of mayonnaise talk like that before that's amazing we you can't be stuck in a place where you're 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 either tearing down and rebuilding or you're, we're going to win the Stanley Cup this year. There has to be some kind of middle ground. Wow. This is I'm I feel like I'm at the press conference for 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 Mayor P right now. That's amazing. Anyways, uh it's actually my Jason Bottrell impression. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. I didn't hear there was a, it's a situation where though. Uh it's a situation where we want to compete in March, but uh we made it to February 28th. And <laughs> Almost, man. That's about I it. I mean, really, they made it to like... So the Sabres December are dead 1st. is essentially what we're getting at, everybody. Uh, the Sabres are died. actually, actually dead. Coming out of the trade deadline, again, as we talked about uh, last week, you know, made the moves for Wayne Simmons as well as for 
uh, Dominic Cahoon, and the Sabres' playoff hopes are essentially done. They're yeah, done. I think it was the Athletic that said they have like a point four chance of making it. They essentially chance. have to would have to like win out or something crazy like that. They go zero and three on their road trip. Um, just a bunch of just rough losses, and they, and and... they had a pretty solid game against Colorado, I yep. guess. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's the it's you know they had they were off to a good start against uh, you know. Vegas or was it who they get to go up to against was it Vegas or was it was that the Vegas game Arizona Arizona right yeah, Arizona awesome. game they go up to two to nothing they looked yeah but that's also that's solid. just Arizona I mean they might be a playoff team but not a very good one yeah exactly. Colorado's legit Colorado might be the best team in the West I agree with that and Vegas might be too and they were they but were, Colorado was also very hurt they were missing that's a lot true of guys. they're missing Ranton it as well as a few other guys several guys Matt yeah Calvert 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 yeah, so that wasn't um, great. Yeah, so that that's true. Uh, also, Vegas, which also, I, as I have stated before, I think might be also the best team in the West, at least talent-wise. Mm. They just kind of stuck with them, and then they just had a, a abysmal third period. And, you know, that's kind of the same thing. I mean, the... the to put it this way, to put it in perspective, we are now closer to Ottawa than we are to Toronto. Yeah, I officially think... Things are uh, not going well. We're not having a normal one. So the thing that kind of was all over Twitter late last night was Jack Eichel. Uh, a few people that report on the team for the Sabres, you know, I think John Vogel and Mike Harrington and a couple other people mentioned it, that Jack Eichel was sitting at his locker. Uh, the only thing he'd taken off was helmet, kind of looking like despondent and talking about how long-term things are bad. As he put it. He's, uh, he, I, he yeah, I mean, was it really like? I mean, he just well, said kind of like big picture, big picture, yeah. big picture. This yeah. sucks, which it makes you wonder if he means like big picture, like in terms of like the grand scheme of things this season. Like yeah. a lot that loss sucked, which is kind of how I interpreted it. I mean, it's, God, it's I hope like, he's not saying that. It, yeah, we we've known for months uh, that the Sabers weren't going to make the playoffs. I right. didn't really buy into it at all when they were within six at Toronto. Um, but it's just, but it's, just it's, a reminder of. For some reason, seeing Eichel saying that and seeing how upset he was is just like, it just is like, oh yeah, you, you were in a terrible spot. Like, it just, it every once in a while it hits me. Because like, yeah, we're in a perpetual state of, yeah, things aren't going well. Not even just in the world of hockey. So like, it it's, uh... Everything sucks. But every once in a while, it hits you how, just how bad things are. Right. Where you're like, oh, like, yeah, it's five years in. If Eichel was lucky, he could play 20 years in the NHL. It's a quarter over. If he's lucky, he'll be in his prime till he's 30. He's almost halfway there from where he was when he got in the league. This oh is a really God. big chunk of his career. Like, that's being wasted. None of these teams are even close to the playoffs. It's terrible. And and, and, and I can't even I, – not. I mean, we've talked about how the Sabres have had a ton of forwards throughout their history who have been good but haven't saved the team all that long. Right. And it's basically like Jill Perot is, like, the only one who really did. And to some extent, Andrew Chuck, but, I mean, not really. Mm-hmm. So, to see, like, the chance, first of all, that Eichel might leave, but also that Eichel had a real real shot at, like, or and still has, of being the Sabres' second-best forward ever. Or mm-hmm. maybe best. That'll be a tougher one. But, like, a real easy way to slide in is, like, that. that's the second-best forward you've ever had. Because LaFontaine, probably really talent-wise, might be the best forward the Sabres have ever had, but he was he played, like, two full seasons here. Like, Longevity, he was, yeah. He was hurt constantly. And the other guys just didn't play here that long, including Andrew Chuck. Mm-hmm. But Eichel could be a guy that can slide in there easily and be a franchise. And it, it's the, like, as we've talked about, the only season that's gone right 
in the past 10 years or longer is the 2014-15 tank season. We had all this hope, and we, we've known forever that, that that was false hope because the prospects that the Sabres had didn't pan out. Uh, Tim Murray ended up not being a good GM, to put it lightly. Right. They ended up hiring Bielsma, who wasn't a saver by any means, and things went really sideways for years, and they still are... Not uh, good. Still not good, but like Eichel is that thing, and it's like coming to the point where it's like, yeah, he is as good as you thought he was going to be, and it doesn't matter. And I think that might be the most crushing disappointment in the history of the franchise if you if you waste the Eichel era. Like obviously this is the worst time in the franchise's history. And there's been dark days, like their captain died mid-season when they were a new franchise. They ended up like kind of not wasting, but they. They had a lot of playoff failures in the 70s and early 80s for teams that probably realistically could have won the Cup. They had a crushing defeat in the 99... Uh, not, well, yeah, crushing defeat, I would say. They went bankrupt, I mean... They went bankrupt, their 06, owners 07, went to jail. 05, 06, 06, 07, that those, those ones, like, Yeah, there's a lot of tough times, but this is, like, bleak. Like, yeah. the idea that the Eichel era would be wasted feels like something you might not come back from as a franchise. And, yeah, you say that, like, other franchises do... Terrible franchises do either come back from it or have brief spurts of competence despite themselves. But mm-hmm. God, I don't know. This it it feels like when you're at the bottom, it's it's a long way up, and it's it's hard to see the light. It's hard to see where they go from here, or where where they push fans if the Eichel era doesn't work out to the point where they don't make the playoffs with them. Like if he's here seven years, no playoffs, and they have to trade him and get some crap deal, start over again, it's going to be like, well, what's the point? What am I waiting for? We had it. We had one of the best players in the league. And what happened? Nothing. Right. Like, it feels it feels impossible to have someone as good as Eichel multiple years and miss the playoffs. If you look at, like, Edmonton this year, Edmonton's probably going to make the playoffs, even with McDavid uh, having missing some time. And it's really, like, you could make an argument for the year that they have two above-average players. And, like, yeah. they, maybe, maybe you say Nugent Hopkins is in there, too, but McDavid and Dreisaitl are, like, carrying the team, and obviously they already made the playoffs once. It's really, really hard to do this, partially because half the teams miss, make the playoffs, more than half the teams make the playoffs. Right. Yeah, I mean, the way that I look at it, more on, I guess, like, the micro scale as compared to, like, what you just went through is you have <clears throat> this team where we know we got, we got off to the great start, then it was just kind of, you know, ebbing and flowing with the season, stabilized a bit, then things got rough again, and what have you. And when we came into the trade deadline, I think everybody had a pretty good idea of what this team was. Um, and by that, I mean not a playoff team, but if you could hang around, then great. That's awesome, but like you're definitely not good enough, and unless you are going to do something that makes you good enough, like make a move that makes you good enough, then this season is pretty much like a lost cause, and it's just going to end up like every other season that yeah. we've had in recent history. So with that in mind, you know, you have Jason Botterill. He goes out and he makes the Simmons deal, which again, like granted it was a low price, but it's kind of puzzling. Um and then you have the Cahoon deal, which that's probably, I, I would say that's a solid deal. Like you're getting an NHL body, like a solid middle six to potential fringe top six guy in exchange for two guys who are going to leave. Seemingly we're going to leave in, in the off season. Um, so that's fine. But what this GM has been pushing on us, and he made a point of really emphasizing it in his 
press conference, uh, you know, on the day of the trade deadline, was playing meaningful games in March, and yeah, like, the fact why? of no, the matter no one's is, ever said that phrase before, right? Except a college basketball. So coach. let's right, exactly. But like, think about that though. Like, you're talking about playing meaningful games in March. Who cares? And, and the fact of the matter is, though, is that he made these moves with the intent of playing meaningful games in March, and they didn't even make it to March before they could play no, these meaningful games. It's so embarrassing. It's terrible. And, you know, I know, again, I mean, I, I feel like we acknowledge it every episode. We're like, oh, we're talking about this again. But, like, you can't not stop – or you can't stop talking about it until, like, we don't have a reason to. And the fact of the matter is is that we have a reason to continuously keep saying that this is – because of Botterill. Like, this is his doing. Like, he did this. He put this team together. And now we are going to be going into the end of his third season. And not once in the three seasons that he's been here has he had a better record or point total than his predecessor at his best season. And the and, and two of those seasons, he was, or one of those seasons, he was intentionally trying to lose. Right. Yeah. Like, that's bad. That you have a. You don't love to see that. You don't love to see that. And I know that, like, you know, throwing around the term generational is, is tough. But, like, Eichel is a legitimate franchise player. Yeah. Darlene yeah. is a legitimate franchise player. Everyone, yeah. And not that's, only that's have you point. not insulated them with the proper talent that is needed to actually put them on a path to success so that you're actually making the most of their career. Beyond that, you have hired people who have not coached them in the way that would allow them to live up to their full potential. I, I, you know, we, I I know if like over the past couple months, I've been saying, you know, Kruger's moves don't matter, like to an extent that they don't matter because of the fact that the team just flat out isn't good enough. So yeah, we can complain about stuff, but like that doesn't solve the greater problem. But like, we need to like really consider like what the hell Ralph Kruger is doing, not playing Skinner in overtime. Like, not using him, trying to use him more on the first power play when it's been abysmal. Even though I know, before anyone said, like, I know Skinner isn't, like, the best power play producer. But, like, do you want Marcus Johansson just shooting terrible, like, snapshots into the goalie's chest from the from the hash mark? Or do you want to actually try and, like, engage a guy who was a 40-goal scorer last year? I mean, what has Kruger done to really try and get Skinner going? Nothing. And I know that there's people who say, like, oh, well, he's getting paid $9 million a year, so, like, he shouldn't need to do anything. But, like, to that I say that's kind of bullshit. Like, just because yeah, he's getting paid Kruger's that job. money, like, that doesn't matter. Like, the coach's job is to put his players in – the best possible position for success. And he has not done that with, I mean, Jeff Skinner for that matter. And also to, to an extent too, this fixation with not moving Reinhardt off of Eichel's line. I mean, what are we doing here? Like you're just getting pounded like by these teams. And like, I know in some games that they're, they're close, but like, you just can't finish, like try and switch something up. Like, don't be so committed to this. That, like, you're so stuck in your ways that you can't do that. And that's what bothers me so much is that Kruger, when we he was coming in, was touted as this guy who was, you know, open to new ideas and he was willing to take chances on take chances on things. And, like, I haven't seen that. I, I, what are your thoughts? Is well, Kruger a problem? Well, he knows in cha- taking chances. No, he's just like every other coach. No, I feel like he's not, like... I, He's not the problem. There's a couple of things he does, which I think is true of every coach. Overall, I don't think he's done a terrible job. He's done a pretty good job of ensuring 
of not building the system, but like ensuring that the opposing team doesn't get their defensive up numbers have shots. been good. I will that say that their good. defensive metrics have been correctly, solid. He correctly realizes that they don't they can't score, so that's their path to victory. And that obviously, as we've mentioned a million times on here, the goaltending has sucked enough that that hasn't mattered. Right. Uh, but I yeah, I pretty much all the things you said. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think he has done some good things like leaving the log line alone that's mm-hmm. good he's been cool with moving lazar around and seeing how that works with different lines he's been cool with like keeping skinner on that second line and not you know trying to do the skinner eichel reinhardt line he's played but he's not giving him the sufficient minutes with which is like the big problem yeah no too. no it, yes for I, a guy getting I paid that much money you skinner need to pay overall. play him more minutes yeah yeah no definitely i think and if i think you look at it too like skinner isn't playing bad which is something no! that should be able to see. He's not scoring. No, he's scored three goals in like the last five games or so, four or five games. Uh, a coach should be able to see that he's getting his chances and he's creating chances and he's not finishing. And you got to ask yourself, like, is Jeff Skinner bad at finishing or is he going through a, a rough patch of bad luck? I'm going to say with pretty solid confidence that he's going to score 30 next year at, le- at least. That seems reasonable. I think that he's just having a down year, to be honest. And well, I think that that's... The percentage is down. That, that's right. what happens. He missed somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 games, 15 mm-hmm. games. Shooting percentage is down. That's what happens. And it wasn't going to stay as high as it was last year. Right. And if he moved away from Michael, obviously, he was going to have fewer opportunities. But that could be better for the team overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've seen that Michael can carry a line, not regardless of who's on it, but with guys who aren't you know incredible talent or anything like that. But that's the problem for me, too, is that you know you have another guy in Reinhardt who has the ability to do that, too. And, I mean, why not just give it a try where you even move Reinhardt down and play him with Skinner? You don't even have to. You could keep Vic... And you can keep Eichel together, like those two together. Throw somebody else on the wing and just, like, try Cahoon there for all we know. But, like, try and do, you know, uh, Skinner, Johansson, Reinhardt. Yeah. Why not? Why not try that? I mean, I, I, I don't understand this just dependence that he has with just trying to keep them together. I mean, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me sometimes. And, you know, I mean, this is where we're at. You know, this, the team has had multiple tailspins this season where just things kind of spiral and it just screws them over. And it just doesn't seem like enough is done to try and correct that. And the other thing, too, that I think is worth bringing up, too, is that these guys have been playing in games where they know they have to win them. Like, and they just have not been able to. And I obviously the most recent, like the West Coast road trip is a perfect example of that. But again, just going back to those games, you know, in January that they just lost out on to, um, to who, who was it? Anaheim, Montreal. Um, I think there was a Jersey game in there. Ottawa, like these teams that you need to beat. Like if you want to be a playoff team, you need to beat the teams that are worse than you, that are bad. And they have not been able to do that when they needed to. And that's an issue. You yeah. need to be able to capitalize on that. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's just so hard to like, sit this like watch this go by but then you know we can we can criticize the 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 coaching decisions all we want but again that's the thing it's just it kind of goes back and forth to at the end of the day they're just they're not good enough they're not good enough and the gm clearly has some some serious serious issues with evaluating forward talent too oh 100 percent. it'll be interesting to see how kahuna is uh going forward but and he, and Skinner obviously worked out but Sabaka, Tage Thompson, 
Berglund, Casey Middlestat. Jimmy VC. Yeah, Jimmy VC. Christ. There's a lot. It's bad. It's a lot. And then also, going back to Kruger, too, another thing, too, is some of the defensive pairings are, are real question. I have a lot of questions about them, like with the not splitting up the Ristaline and Montour thing. I mean, that's just... You know, I think we're getting to a point with this, though, where it's like, oh, Ristaline and Ristolainen was terrible with Josh George's. Ristolainen, tough with Jake McCabe. Ristolainen with Montour, you know. Yeah. Problem. You know, we've talked about, obviously, Ristolainen and Montour's advanced stats are both pretty bad, and they both seem to be, you know, leak chances in their own zone. I get it. And they, they for different reasons, they have different uh, struggles. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I don't really know what you do with the pairings now. I guess you, like, like, Dalene was playing, or Yoki Haru was playing well with Scandella. Yeah. It hasn't been happening all that much since. Um, yeah. Miller has been fine. He's been better lately, which is good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Montour, though, that's the thing, is that they're just not putting him in places to succeed. And I know that, obviously, it's not all Ristolainen's fault, but, like, you're playing him on the offside with a guy who he should, for just, I mean, in, yeah, that, in a general sense, he just shouldn't be playing thing. with. But, like, you're playing him on his offside, and, like, I don't know. It just seems like there could be things done to put him in a better position to succeed, and they're just not happening. So, this coming week for the Sabres, they have Winnipeg, Pittsburgh, and Philadelphia on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, respectively. Loss, loss, loss. I know. those, And then Washington the following Monday on the 9th. I mean, that's... Washington's having a tough go of it, though. Realistically, you could be looking at a potential seven-game losing streak. Oh, sure, they could lose every game till the end of time. That's true. So wouldn't be new. No, well, Pittsburgh and Washington are both kind of struggling right now, which is good. I think Philly's on a six-game win streak. Jets, solid. Hellebuck's, he's legit. He is legit. He honestly could very well be in the MVP conversation, if we're being honest. Really? Not even alone, Vezna. I know that's probably like a little wow. bit of a hot take, but think about that team defensively. They are... Not good. Neil Poink is your number one defenseman. And Hallibuck has been... And yet they still haven't traded for Rasmus Vistolainen. What the hell, man? I know. He would be perfect. Disregard just everything we Wheeler. just said. God damn, guys. Ugh, fine. We will take Nikolaj Ehlers and Patrick Line. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Remember over the summer when people were like, I wouldn't take Line for Ristolainen. Like, he's too one-dimensional. And then Line just, like, got really good at his two-way game over the summer. And now... Yeah, well, who gives a shit if he's one-dimensional? He scores goals! Yeah, that's the good dimension to have. It's yeah. It's like he's one-dimensional and, like, he makes, like, a really good frittatas. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It's Ristolainen. He's zero-dimensional. Like, what do you want? You dump that terrible contract and get a guy who can score. Pretty much. Like, who, who, like look who we're playing instead. If you get rid of Ristolainen, it's going to be more minutes for Pilot, probably. Yeah. If you don't, if you have line A, that's going to mean, what, fewer minutes for Jimmy VC. It means you didn't get Jimmy VC at all, probably, which would have been nice. Right. He's been, you know, as a, as a late... A late hero of mine once said, as useful as a poopy-flavored lollipop. Oh I feel like that seems like a nice place to wrap things up. Yeah. <laughs> nice, wholesome wholesome way to end things. Well, any last thoughts, Taylor, on uh, just where we're at, where we're going, if this hellscape is ever going to end? You know, when you're talking about Winnipeg or Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or anywhere on the continent, it's really just important to remember that our, our hopes of the ice – is the shining light of the future. So, 
with that, I'll announce that I'm dropping out of hockey season. <laughs> I'm quitting. That's it. We're done. Uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been it's been truly a pleasure. We will not miss you. I mean, I will. Not li- I mean, I'll miss you, but not the previously mentioned jar of mayonnaise anyway so here we go everybody uh thank you all so much for tuning in again be sure to listen to uh check out our sister uh podcast again we have episodes and shows for the other 30 teams in the nhl um all of which are less embarrassing than the sabers are so at least they have that going no matter who what other show you listen to they have a shorter playoff drought than the sabers exactly uh so yeah we really appreciate it be sure to check out the hockey podcast network online at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or on twitter at hockeypodnet you can catch us on twitter at blue and gold cast uh and now it is time for us to kick this week off with our random sabers player of the episode which we are going to share with everybody in three two one dominic Dominic. 